Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Go with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. I felt led to go to this chapter here this morning, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. This is towards the end of David's reign as king. And of course, you know, David's heart was that what happened was David brought the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of David. And for 80 years, the Ark had been out of the tabernacle that Moses built. For 40 years, it was in the wilderness. And 40 years, it had been in a tent that David just pitched a tent. And then the Ark of the Covenant was on display. And 24-7, they had praise and worship. He assigned the priest. But ultimately, he knew that was a temporary uh, uh, dwelling place for the presence of God, which was represented by the Ark of the Covenant. So he, his heart was to build the temple. But verse 1, furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, my son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord. So he wanted to build the temple, but the Lord said, no, you've been a man of war. You have blood on your hands, and you will not build the temple. Your son Solomon will build the temple. And of course, David has resolved and reconciled in his heart that he's not going to build the temple. And his son is going to build the temple because he recognized that whom alone God has chosen. And even though he's young and inexperienced and the work is great, he knows that. So think about this. I mean, he could have had an attitude about it, but... Look at verse 2. He says, Now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might gold for the things to be made of gold, silver for the things of silver, bronze for the things of bronze, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. Now, I want you to notice he says, I prepared what I'm going to bring as an offering for this divine project, in a sense, for this divine calling. And look at verse 3. This is the key verse, right? He said, moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house my own special treasure of gold and silver. So he says, I, I have prepared all of these offerings to bring, right? And verse 3 is the key. Why? Because he says, I have set my affection. I have set my affection on the house of my God. Why? Because where your what? Heart is your treasure will be there also. So I have set my affection. In my heart, I have set my affection on the house of the Lord my God. This is a holy house. This is the house of my God. And he says, above all that I have prepared, which he said that he had already prepared in abundance, out of his own special treasure of gold and silver. Now think about this. 
There was a time when the king, people's choice, you know, the whole thing had gone south with Saul, and the, 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 you know, the throne was taken away from him. And God sent Samuel, the prophet, to Jesse's house to anoint the next king. Now, David wasn't even there. They didn't even remember to invite him. They didn't even think about him. He wasn't even on the list. He was not man's choice. When Samuel went through all the sons of Jesse and he's like, okay, don't you have another son? Because I, I, didn't, I didn't miss God. I'm in the right place. You must have another son because I'm supposed to anoint one of your sons as the next king. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we do have. You don't mean David, do you? He's like a teenager, and he's out there with the sheep, and he's the weird one. He has this guitar, you know. He sings, and he worships. He's... You don't mean him, do you? He's the least of the household, you know. To be the first, you're going to have to be the last. But that was, he was the one that God had chosen. So think about him. He came out of nowhere. He came out of obscurity. And, and not only that, of course, I mean, it wasn't all great for him after he was anointed as king. I mean, you know, he had to be on the run for many, many years. Saul wanted to kill him. And so many, he went through many, many tests and trials. And eventually, of course, God blessed him. I mean, think about this. How much God blessed him. He went from having nothing, being nothing being a nobody, to being in this position. And he knows. And if you, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have time to read all of it, but if you read David's prayer later on in this chapter, you'll see he says, out of your own hand I have received. All that I have is yours, and all that I have is what you have given to me, and all I am doing is giving back to you what you've given to me, Lord. So basically, he's going to just empty his account. He's not, I mean, he's leaving. He's going to empty the account. He's, he's, he's going to empty out his personal treasury because whatever he has is the Lord's. He, he knows he can't take any of it to the grave. He's not going to build some great pyramid like the heathen kings and store up all of his treasure in the pyramid so that the raiders and the plunderers can come and steal it later. You know, <laughs> where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. The earthly kings... They want to, you know, they want to be buried in glory, in special mausoleums and temples and tombs and store all their treasures. We have a different perspective on life. He knows he's about to meet the Lord. His time on earth is up and whatever he has accumulated as the blessing of the Lord has brought it in throughout his life. It's all the Lord's and he's going to give it all back. And he's like, you know what? If I don't get to build the temple, I'm going to pay for it. Even though my son Solomon is young, he's inexperienced, I am behind him because he's the one that God has chosen. Do you understand me? That's the perspective we need to have. What is God seeing? How does God see things? You know, he's chosen Solomon, my young and inexperienced son. I can question the decision, but you know what? I was a nobody too. So I'm not going to question God's decision. I trust God's decision. If God chose Solomon, my son, I'm behind it all the way. And all my treasure that I've accumulated, 
throughout my lifetime when I came out of nothing into this great blessing and that the Lord has brought into my life, then I'm just going to sow it all back to the kingdom because I have set my, come on, somebody say, I have set my affection on the house of my God. I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. And that's basically what it is. Because he had set his affection, his heart is in the things of God. And giving is not even an issue. And he's not just giving some of it. He's giving all of it. All of it. Now, of course, here's 3,000 talents of gold. Now, of course, there are different uh, views on what a talent is. But it's usually somewhere between 90 to 110 pounds so basically 3,000 talents of gold would be 3,000, let's just say 100 pounds, okay? 3,000 times 100 is 30,000 pounds of gold, okay? That's a, well over several billion dollars, all right? The gold of Ophir, which would be the finest, okay? 7,000 talents of refined silver, that is some, somewhere around a quarter million dollars, a quarter billion, I'm sorry, 250 uh, a million so we'll wear well over now three billion in just what he's giving personally all right and that's refined silver pure of the overlay to overlay the uh, the walls of the houses the gold for the things of gold silver for the things of silver for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen craftsmen who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord. Now, look at this. Look at the question. He's not saying, who then is willing to give in this offering? It's not the question, because that never really is the question. You know, before I left for Turkey, you know, I was preaching on, should Christians tithe? And I always said that, you know, back in May. That's the wrong question to ask, because it's not about, should Christians tithe? It's about stewardship. Should Christians be good stewards of God's blessing? And the answer to that always will be absolutely yes undeniably so tithing is just a part of our stewardship offerings are a part of it. and so he's not asking to be okay who's going to give in this offering that's not even the question look at the question who is going to consecrate themselves to the lord why because where the, where does it all begin i have set my affection towards the house of my god and for that reason i'm preparing my offerings for the house and then he's asking the people the same question who then is willing to consecrate who then just like i have who then will set their hearts their affections towards the house of the lord so it always comes down to the heart right everyone say this after me it always, it always. comes down to the heart <laughs> who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the lord not tomorrow not next month this day and then the leaders of the father's houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of the thousands and of hundreds with the officers over the king's work, offered willingly. And then you can see it's all beginning at leadership. David is the leader, the king, and then all the other leaders under him, the second, third, fourth tier of leaders. This is leadership by example. And what are the leaders doing? They're not taking as the leaders of the world do they're all for the take they're all out for the take that's how the leaders in the world are jesus said that you should not be like the leaders of the world who lorded over people who are always out for the take to enrich themselves to fill their pockets but the lord's going to bless you and as the lord blesses you then be a blessing back 
True leadership is giving. Jesus came as the greatest leader of all time to give. It's servant leadership. It's leadership by example. He gave. He got, the Father gave his best. Jesus came. He gave his life. He gave everything. He didn't just give one drop of blood. He gave all of it. He gave everything. He gave everything to his last breath because that's what really true leadership is. And the world needs to see true leadership. And then you can see now the second, third, fourth tiers of, tier of leaders are all what? Offered willingly. They gave for the work of the house of God 5,000 talents. So they're out giving David now. David's over three, close to four billion. These guys are like way, now way over six billion. There's about 10 billion that comes in for the temple. So it wasn't a little shack. It was called one of the seven wonders of the world. I mean, people came from around the world, looked at it, and were breathless and speechless. Queens and kings came and were speechless. Hallelujah. They gave for the work of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord, and King David also rejoiced greatly. So these are all cheerful givers, giving willingly, rejoicing, offering willingly, flowing with gratitude and worship, from their heart because they are seeing something great in the building of this temple that this is to be something significant this is to be something very 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 powerful and valuable to reflect the glory of God so they're giving into the glory of God they're not just giving into some temporary project they're giving into something significant that marks history and also they're giving into something that is prophetically speaking because the temple speaks of the millennial kingdom of Christ because this, the, the, the tabernacle of Moses was fulfilled basically in the law and in the, at the cross through the life of Jesus and then the tabernacle of David is being fulfilled now in the church we are the church but then the temple of Solomon signifying and prophesying of the 1000 year millennial reign of Christ so it is actually God's prophetic calendar being displayed in these three structures so I mean, think about this. This is amazing. I mean, this should speak to us. And then David, of course, as he's rejoicing, he goes into this prayer. Well, let's do take a minute to read it. Therefore, David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all both riches and honor come from you and you reign over all in your hand is power and might your hand in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all now therefore our God we thank you and praise your glorious name but who am I and who are my people who am I and who are my people that you should be that we should be able to offer so willingly as this for all things come from you and of your own we have given you. For we are aliens and pilgrims before you, as were all of our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. 
O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. That means they don't, they're not owners, they're stewards. You see that? God owns everything, we just get to steward it. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of the heart of your people and fix their heart toward you. And give my son Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statutes to do all these things and to build the temple for which I have made provision. Then David said to all the assembly, Now bless the Lord your God. So all the assembly blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and the king. Wow. I mean, that's why we never, you know, I've been asked, you know, over the years, you know, I mean, sometimes people come obviously to this church because we actually take time on the offering. You know, we teach on it. We teach biblical principles. We pray over it. I want people to understand the heart of giving, why we do it. We take time. This is not some, you know, carnal thing we do that we just have to get through. This is a very spiritual thing. And then, I mean, I remember one lady had asked me, why is it that you, you know, you, I'm, she, she said, I've been to many churches. I've never seen anyone, any church or any pastor take so much time on the offering. You know, and then, you know, why do you do that? And she said to me, do you have some special revelation on it or something? I said, yes, I do. I have a very special revelation on it because I said, it's all about the heart. And, then, and the number one way I get people right with God is to get their hearts right with God. And, and money and giving, offerings, all of it, worship, attitudes, effect, it's all tied together. It's such a vital part. It's such a core of our life. And protecting our hearts because out of it flow all the issues of life. I mean, so, I mean, look at this. They really took their time on that offering. That was a national offering. It wasn't like a quick, hey, Pastor Buckus ushers quickly, you know, we got to build this temple, you know. Uh, let's not take much time on it, offend anybody, you know, just please, let's just do it quickly, you know, just real quietly and quickly, just, let's just do it. No, I mean, it took a long time. That wasn't even a one-day thing. To bring all that together, to mobilize a whole nation, I mean, all the leaders from the top, second, third tier, fourth tier, whatever levels, I mean, all the way to the people. I mean, this is a national event. And now they have a national assembly and David is speaking to the entire nation. I mean, he's praying over uh, and then the whole nation falls on their faces, prostrated before the, the Lord and bowing and worshiping, giving freely and rejoicing. I mean, there was dancing and singing and rejoicing and worshiping. I mean, this is an event. The offering was an event. That's why in our church, the offering is an event. It's not something we rush through because we just got to collect some money to pay the bills. This is about God's people having an affection towards God's house, towards the gospel, towards the kingdom. This is about worship. This is about praise. This is about thanksgiving. This is about acknowledging God's greatness and God's glory. This is about acknowledging that all these things that we have, my God, I feel the anointing come from Him. Out of your hand we have received and we just give back to you, Lord. I mean, you are, you are great. You deserve all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Who are we? Who are we that you have chosen? 
Who are we as a nation? Who are we as a people that we even are so unfaithful to you so many times? Who are we that you choose to still bless us? Who am I that I was out with the sheep, the little forgotten teenager? You had the prophet pour oil on my head from the horn and the power of God came upon me and you raised me up to be king. I came from nothing and look at now I have, I'm literally able to give three billion dollars into this temple. Who am I? You alone deserve all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. All things come from you, O oh God, and we worship you, we honor you, and we rejoice before you. It is our privilege to be able to give, and we just are so thankful that you've blessed us. And because you've blessed us, we're not going to be selfish, we're not going to hoard, we're going to give freely and willingly because we have set our hearts and our affections towards the house of our God. This was an event. So, I mean, I don't know if you're getting upset with 20, 30 minutes of an offering here. That was probably a 20, 30 day event. I mean, can you imagine? The entire nation is like in the midst of an offering that's lasting like a month. It's like a month long offering. It's a big deal. It's an event. It's a significant event. And it's recorded. It's dedicated in an entire chapter in the Bible. And so we have to understand, we're not just collecting an offering, just throwing something in a bucket. This is a, a, so much more than just even giving of money. It's recognition of who God is. It's recognition of his blessing. It's worship. It's honor. It's also understanding his plan and purpose, that we're actually a part of funding. As he blesses us, we're a part of funding God's kingdom, God's plan, God's purpose. Amen. And some of these people, I mean, David, he never got to see the temple finished. He never even got to see the temple. He never even saw it. He paid for it, but he never saw it. And many of those people probably never even saw it. Some of them probably never even saw the, the laying of the foundation. Others maybe saw it only halfway through. Others didn't even probably see the dedication, but they sowed into it. They gave into it knowing that it's just, it's beyond our short little life on earth in this physical body. But it's about the eternal plan and purpose of God. And we get connect, we connect to it. We get, con we connect to eternal things through our giving. Not laying treasures for ourselves on earth where moth and rust destroy, where those stupid pharaohs built all those pyramids and stored up all their treasures that thieves came, broke in and stole. You know, we were in Turkey. I don't know if any one of you saw. I mean, it's an amazing place. You're driving down the street. Boom, there are 3,000-year-old cave uh, 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 tombs. And then there's a big tomb in the middle of the road, a Lycian tomb, because where we had vacation is the ancient area of Lycia. So there's a big Lycian tomb. And then we were, and then my wife said, hey, that was the king's tomb, because they had the little small ones carved into the side of the mountain. And then there was a big one. Big one. And then they all had a big, you know, a gap where they broke the wall. Who knows, at some point in history, somebody broke in and stole all the treasure because the kings would get buried with all their treasures, all their gold, silver, everything. Some of them were even buried with seed. Like, you know, seed was, was, was uh, power. When you control seed, you, you control power. So they actually found some seeds 
in ancient tombs from like three, 4,000 years ago and planted those seeds, after 3,000, 4,000 years, dry seeds plants with because even though that seed looks like it's dead, there's life in there. You know, and then now, and then of course, that's as organic as it gets, I guess. <laughs> totally unadulterated seed, totally organic from like 4,000 years ago. Someone would be buried with seed. Others buried in their full garments, you know, everything. They were. But David, you know, he didn't care about garments. He actually stripped down from his garments and danced like a crazy man on the street, you know, and was mocked. But he said, I'm going to get undignified because it has nothing to do with it. Because it's the anointing. The anointing is everything. That's really our clothing. So this offering was an event. So that's why we teach on these things. We understand what we do here. And then when you have the heart and the understanding, of course, that builds faith. Because we need to give in faith. Because I know people that give and they don't give in faith. Uh, because they don't know what they're doing and of course if you don't give in faith you're not going to be rewarded for it because God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and who give in faith so it's important that we understand that we're giving in faith so that we actually are blessed as a result of it because we are blessed we receive the, the blessing of Abraham by having the faith of Abraham and those who are of the faith of Abraham are blessed the Bible says so I want everyone here blessed I want you blessed from the top of your head down to the soles of your feet. I want you blessed. I want the blessing of God coming out of your ears, flowing out of your pores. I want you blessed going in. I want you blessed coming out. I want everything you lay your hands to blessed. I want you walking in the blessing of abundance. I want you walking in provision. I want you to walk in the blessing of God. Hallelujah. That even your shoes are blessed. Your clothes are blessed. Your house is blessed. Your pets are blessed. Your plants are blessed. Your garden is blessed. Your children are blessed. Everything. Everything is blessed. I mean, the blessing of God just absolutely permeates every area of your life. That every dimension of your life overflows with blessing. Every dimension of your life overflows with blessing. Thank you, Jesus. That everything you put your hands to is blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In the house of the righteous are many treasures. That made the Lord fill your house with treasures. Just like he filled David's house with treasures. But when you, your house has been filled with treasures, remember and understand. Remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the power to create wealth so that he may establish his covenant with you. And if he is working to establish his covenant with you, then we got to reciprocate our responsibility in the covenant because we are covenant people. We are kingdom builders. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.